You've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast. And wherever you are in the world, from Bamako, Bangkok, Beijing, Berlin, Brussels, Beirut or Bogota, and all places in between, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe and I'm the Lonely Diplomat. My work helps diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to reconnect with themselves and the world around them. And I do this through work on my website, which is thelonelydiplomat.com. And on that website, I have this podcast. Indeed, some of you might be listening to this podcast episode through my website now. Uh, I have, uh, I write a blog and I have The Lounge, which is a place for diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to come get support, support other people just like them as we navigate the ups and downs of this diplomatic life together. And I also have a social media presence on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Now, if you're a diplomat or are someone living the diplomatic life, you know that just like in life, there are highs and there are lows. And we talk about the highs indeed. We're going to be talking about how we share some of the highs through social media in this episode. We talk about them freely, and indeed, the, the, the popular belief is that the diplomatic life is just constantly fantastic. But like real life, there are highs and there are lows. And while we talk about the highs, we don't often talk about the lows. We can feel guilty or worse, be made to feel guilty when we inevitably experience the lows. And this can lead us to feeling alone and isolated and thinking that we're the only person to ever think and feel the thoughts and feelings associated with the lows. But you're not alone. I'm here. I'm creating the safe space to talk about all aspects, the highs and the lows of this diplomatic life. But I need your support to continue to grow my work. I know that we can do great things together. Please go to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash support and learn about how through a one-off financial contribution or a monthly contribution, you can support me financially so we can continue this great work together. In this episode of The Lonely Diplomat Podcast, we're going to be talking about social media use and connection. This is the topic of a blog post that I wrote and published in September 2018 called Are You Using Social Media or Is It Using You? Social media use is really, and, and, and articles and blog posts and podcast episodes on social media use are quite common and, and I'm not going to go into too much detail today about how social media use is changing how we humans connect and interact with each other. What I am going to be focusing on today is how we diplomats and those living the diplomatic life can use social media. And I'm reminded of what my good friend Georgie Ryan said in her, uh, in the interview that I did with Georgie uh, in episode two of this podcast, which she told us about how after the birth of her first child, she had to communicate that news via fax. 
Now, when a child is born and we're away from friends and family and away from home, we can take a couple of photos and within seconds post them to social media and all our friends can see them. Times really have changed dramatically over the last 20, indeed 30 years in terms of how we diplomats and those living the diplomatic life can communicate with each other, with our friends, with our family, and and engage with the wider world. Social media is absolutely a fantastic slave. It's a fantastic tool, isn't it? Because think about it. How do you get your news? How did you get to know my work? Was it through social media? How are you engaging with the world today as you sit or otherwise listen to this podcast. Chances are you're using social media. And I want to keep that saying social media um, is a fantastic slave, but a terrible master in mind as we have a short talk um, about how social media use can affect us diplomats and those living the diplomatic life. Now, if you've read my blog post, is social media, oh, sorry, are you using social media or is it using you? I always get that mixed up. I started with a scenario. So I'm just going to read what I've italicized in this blog post just really quickly to kind of set the scene uh, for something that I'm sure many of you diplomats can recognize. Indeed, even if you're not a diplomat, I'm sure you recognize this. It's been another very long day at work. You had that breakfast meeting with the visiting minister, didn't you? It took a lot of work to organize and manage that one. It's now well after 9pm and you're exhausted. You think of the day you've had in the office. What did the ambassador really think about your comments you voiced in that meeting this afternoon? It seemed like she liked them. She even said so. But now that you're thinking about it, she must have just been being polite because you saw the ambassador and the deputy exchanging looks just after you finished speaking. What was that about? But you're just too tired to eat, let alone make something for dinner. You open the fridge, and the only thing that's there is cheese, oh, and a bottle of wine. You settle for the tired diplomat's diet of cheese, wine, the couch, and social media. Again, you kick off your shoes on the way to the couch. Your habit of leaving the shoes around makes you think of your mother and how leaving your shoes around the house would drive her crazy. You think of the people back home. You berate yourself for not talking to anyone for weeks, but you've been so busy and, well, they're really busy too. Besides, you know what's happening in their lives. You're all friends on social media. You collapse into the cushions with a middle-aged groan, click on the TV and start scrolling through your various social media feeds. You may or may not have a family with you. They may or may not be home. It doesn't matter. You're now in your own little world. Time is punctuated by sips from your glass and your thumb scrolling. You hit like, your thumb scrolls some more. You make a pithy comment, scroll, hit angry face when something upsets you or something bad has happened to some, happened to a friend. More scrolling, sip, repeat. At this point, 
the sensible thing to do is to close the social media app, open a chat app and call someone. But you don't because you don't want to disturb anyone. Besides, who calls anymore? You press on. After a while, you realize that it's well past your bedtime. You still haven't eaten anything more substantial than cheese and you've had more than a few drinks. You're just too tired to go to bed, but as you summon the energy to get off the couch, you sigh and berate yourself that you should have left work earlier and gone to bed earlier. Then it hits you. You've only talked to people about work today. No one really asked you how you were, and you didn't ask anyone either, did you? But who has time for anything longer than a hurried corridor conversation as we race between meetings, let alone for a deep and meaningful chat? How did that land for you? For me, when I wrote that, I had largely myself in mind because I would find myself, much to my wife's chagrin, that I would come home and my way of decompressing after a really long, intense, mentally and sometimes emotionally and definitely physically demanding day, I would just want to collapse into the couch and with my phone or, or tablet just scroll and, and find out what the world was doing. It's really common. I'm going to say that you likely do it as well. And relaxing at the end of the day is a great thing to do. But we have a choice in how we relax. And I want to talk today about when we make that choice to open up a social media app, indeed, probably open them all up at once, and use that as the way to connect with others. Now, I know that so many of you right now will be saying what I'm saying right now, because I, hi, I'm Phil, I'm putting my hand up right now saying, while I'm aware of it, I kind of still do it. Um kind of, meaning I do still do that. I, I tune out from the world and focus on social media on my phone. It's something that I'm aware of and something that I'm very keen to work on still. So before you go, oh, Phil, there you go, being holier than thou, I'm just going to say I am here with you. Many of us will be saying that this is just not a good habit. But we know that it's not a good habit. Like you and like me, here we are scrolling through social media feeds as we tune out and relax or are looking for the distraction like our trains coming or someone near us in public is, is making a scene and we just kind of want to pretend that we're not there. So we get the phone out and we scroll and do something because, you know, that helps helps us disengage with the world. But here's a thought, and I've said this a couple of times in my work and on, ironically, social media. Turning to social media as a distraction when we're feeling that we need connection, which is also the flip side, when we're feeling a bit lonely, but nobody talks about feeling lonely, or we've had another long or bad day, is like being thirsty while in a life raft and reaching overboard and drinking salt water. Like drinking salt water, it might alleviate the feeling of thirst. Social media, reaching for social media might alleviate 
the feeling of disconnection and loneliness and isolation in the immediate term. But again, like drinking salt water, it can do you more harm than good. Keep that in mind because that's really important. Reaching for social media when feeling lonely or isolated is like drinking salt water when thirsty. I find that incredibly powerful. And the thought occurred to me when I was researching the effects of loneliness on us for the chapters on on loneliness and connection in the book that I've written and am working on getting published right now. And as part of this research, I came across an episode on the On Point radio program from the National Public Radio in the US. And they had, as part of that story, a and I'll, I'll post a link to the story uh, in the description of this, this podcast episode, um, so feel free to go and, and click on it. But what really got to me were the words of the former US Surgeon General in President Obama's administration, Dr. Vivek Murthy. Dr. Murthy said that increasing the use of social media actually creates further disconnection from those around us. Sometimes that's the point, isn't it? That we do want to disconnect ourselves from those around us. But other times, especially when we're searching for connection, we actually achieve the opposite. And we lose ourselves in the various rabbit holes of reading or watching the news, scrolling through photos of our friends' holidays in exotic locations, catching up on sports scores or watching animals and children being cute, whatever it is, whatever floats your boat on social media. And we can end up comparing ourselves as we are in that moment, going back to the scenario, we're sitting on the couch, we're watching TV, we're drinking um, a glass of wine and eating cheese and absentmindedly scrolling through our social media feeds on our phone. And we're comparing that image of ourselves with all the curated images of friends and the people we follow living their best lives that they're projecting into the world. As a diplomat and someone living the diplomatic life, you've, you've had probably quite a few overseas postings. And you know that social media is simply the easiest way to know what's happening in the lives of the many people you know all over the world. It's just easier to check social media and be done. It's easier in the short term, but do you remember that drinking the salt water analogy? When we're feeling isolated, disconnected, and lonely, and I say lonely whispering because not many people want to admit that they're lonely. Saying that they're feeling a bit isolated, that's okay, but lonely is something that we whisper, so I'm going to whisper it too. We need meaningful connection. My intellectual crush, Dr. Brené Brown, frequently writes that all humans are hardwired for human connection. We all need to know that we are loved and we belong. Diplomats are human and are also subject to the human condition. So while using social media can feel like we're interacting with others, it's too passive. We need to meaningfully, meaningfully (laughs) interact with other people. And we need to go beneath the service level pleasantries that characterize the interactions that we get in our day and certainly the limited interaction that we get with people via our screen. 
My friend Dr. Dougal Sutherland from the Victoria University of Wellington has also said in previous blog posts of mine that connection is a verb. We need to do connection. Social media is not active enough. It is passive. So when two very smart people like Dr. Brene Brown and Dr. Dougal Sutherland say the same thing, I, for one, am going to be paying attention. What we're looking for in terms of connection is when we're having, I don't know, when we're having one of those meetings of minds, those amazing conversations, when you're just so deep into the conversation that time flies and the meeting of minds and the, the, the energizing exchange of, of thoughts and opinions really is actually energizing. For me, it's that spark of connection that, that sort of goes up the back of your neck. That is the connection and you just don't get that from social media. Remember how I said social media is a great tool but a poor master? We need to use social media as a tool for connection, not connection in itself. Here's the deal. If you're listening to my words on your phone right now, if you have social media, and I'm going to say Facebook, Instagram, things like Messenger or WhatsApp or uh, LinkedIn, you can talk through those. You can make video calls even. So you can connect with people in real time using these social media tools. You can, to quote Dougal, connect actively using these tools. And when I was researching my blog post, I spoke with a friend and we had a really good talk about what connection means. And she said to me that no one calls anymore. All communication is via text. We talked a little bit about that and we thought that we just don't want to put people out, do we? We don't want to inconvenience them. We don't want to interrupt We think that it's less intrusive to text than it is to speak to someone in person or by the phone. Maybe we don't talk because we don't want to interrupt someone's day with our prattle. Maybe we convince ourselves that they don't have time to think about us because of their busyness. Indeed, we might convince ourselves that we don't have enough time because we're just so busy. We might tell ourselves that it would be too indulgent and selfish to call them because it's been too long between contact. It's dangerous for a whole range of reasons, but it compounds the feelings of loneliness. Sorry, loneliness. Isolation and social disconnection. So let's think about it another way. Let's let's flip the situation a bit. How would you feel if your phone rang right now and it was a friend who you had from whom you'd not heard for a really long time? What would you do? Are you going to reject the phone call and say, sorry, too busy to hear from you, let's talk later? Or are you going to pick up the phone and say, it's so great to hear from you. Look, I can't actually talk right now, but give me a little bit and I'll, I'll be able to call you back. It's so great to hear from you. Of course you will. Of course you will. So why do we think picking up the phone and calling someone is actually any different? And if you are concerned that you'll be interrupting someone if you do call, out of the blue, call out unannounced. You can use texts to make a time to chat. You can send a voice memo 
to make time to chat. It's active. It's getting to that active communication and active connection. So after reading the blog post, are you using social media or is it using you? And listening to this podcast, my challenge is the same. Rather than mindlessly scrolling through your social media feeds, I challenge you to do two things. Get in contact with someone, arrange a time to call someone and use the voice function, otherwise known as the phone, or the video function. Either way, it's much more active than passively hitting like on someone's photo or status update. And rather than whipping out your phone from your bag or your pocket and checking social media or email while you're waiting for your morning coffee or waiting for the bus, say hi. Yes, I know. Weird, isn't it? Say hi to someone, especially, you know, if you see them there every day. Even if you can't speak more than a few words in a common language, I'm sure that you can still manage a smile and say good morning. It lets people know that they're seen, you see them, and it might just be that lead to that spark of connection that we all have to have as humans. Let me know how you went with that challenge. Let me know your thoughts on this episode and any of the other episodes of the Lonely Diplomat podcast by sending me an email to admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. If you like my work, please give it a rating on the service through which you're now listening. Still, there is no greater advertising than word of mouth. So if you've gotten something from this podcast, please share it with a friend. If you like it, also share it with a friend. If you think that there's something that I can improve, please feel free to tell me. Actually, tell me. Tell me, please. If you found value in this episode and previous episodes or in my blog posts, please show me some love. Go to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash support and learn how your one-off financial support or a monthly financial contribution can help us help so many people together. It sounds like you're getting ready to leave. So until next time, be awesomely and humanly you because the world needs more you. All views expressed in this episode are my own, and all sounds are freeware in the public domain. Thanks for listening.